Welcome back to yet another MTG podcast, a chill podcast where we talk about all things Magic the Gathering and specifically Commander. This episode is a little bit of a special episode. It's actually a special episode part two with the occasion of it being October and the excitement of Halloween right around the corner. As you are getting your wardrobes ready for this spooky season, why not also spice up some thematic brews for the season as well? That's why today we are bringing back some more Spooky Commanders. If you missed our first Spooky Commander episode, you should go and check that one out first. But while you're here, you might as well hear about five more Spooky Commanders. So let's talk about what makes a commander quote-unquote spooky. Any commander that is a zombie, skeleton, ghoul, vampire, etc. has automatically been accounted for. But there are some other factors that may make a commander scary. For instance, Infect can send a shiver down your opponent's soon-to-be-completed spine. Most of these commanders are going to be in the color black, if that is a surprise to you. Most of Magic's scary elements come from the grave or just live in the deepest, darkest places of the multiverse. Now that we have laid the ground rules for what determines a spooky commander, let's look at our first commander. Starting off with a brand new commander from Dominari United, we have Braid's Arisen Nightmare. Braids is a deceivingly powerful commander with tons of potential. At first glance, she doesn't seem that bad, but she might be able to sneak into your nightmares just yet. Braids Arisen Nightmare is a legendary creature nightmare for one colorless and two black mana. She says, at the beginning of your end step, you may sacrifice an artifact, creature, enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it. For each opponent who doesn't, that player loses 2 life and you draw a card. Not the craziest effect on a commander, but it can generate so much value so quickly. Make some disposable creatures or artifacts, treasures, clues, foods are the easiest to create without the feeling of loss for sacking them. Make your opponents either cry out in pain as they sack their board to make you not draw, or just draw 3 cards every turn thanks to your commander and drain your out your opponents. This commander is mono black, so you have access to tons of rituals and mana doublers like Cabal Coffers and Cabal Stronghold. The three most recommended cards for this commander on EDH Rec are first up, Jadar, Ghoul Caller of Nephalia. It is a one and a black legendary creature, Human Wizard. It says at the beginning of your end step, if you control no zombies with Decayed, create a 2 2 black zombie creature token with Decayed. And it's a 1 1. This is great because right before Braids triggers, you can make a 2 2 zombie and then just immediately sacrifice it, and then maybe draw three cards. This is a lot of value on a two-mana creature. And then if, you know, you don't need zombies anymore, or they keep, you know, someone kills them before, you just sack Jadar. The second card on the top list is Treacherous Blessing. It is an enchantment for two and a black, and it says when it enters the battlefield, draw three cards. Whenever you cast a spell, you lose one life. Whenever a treacherous blessing becomes the target of our spell or ability, sacrifice it. Well, for us, this is just going to be a two and a black draw three cards because we're just going to sacrifice it with Braid's ability. 
And then we're going to make our opponents play the little game of, do you lose two life or do I get to draw a card? And are you going to sacrifice one of your enchantments? But with the enchantment, it's a lot nicer because maybe some of your opponents just aren't running many enchantments, so they might not even have one to sack, which means you automatically draw more cards for three mana. All right, the last card out of the three we are going to be looking at for this commander is Ophiomancer. It is a two and a black for a creature human shaman. And it is a 2-2 creature that reads, At the beginning of each upkeep, if you control no snakes, create a 1-1 black snake creature token with death touch. This card is kind of a aristocrat staple because you can make that 1-1 constantly that you can keep sacrificing to then, you know, draw cards or drain out your opponents. But with braids, you just sacrifice the snake because who cares? It's a snake creature. But then after you sacrifice at your end step, at the next opponent's upkeep, you'll get another snake with death touch, which is great as a blocker. Because as this commander, you're probably not going to be running too many creatures as blockers. So it generating blockers for you every turn is really great. So those are the top three cards for Braids a Risen Nightmare. Definitely a very scary commander that a lot of people may have un overlooked from Dominara United. Win the game with a huge torment of Hailfire or use Turgrid as a Seeker Commander to take control of your opponent's board. Beware of this commander this season or try to pull tons of tricks on your opponents and leave them with only the treat of utter defeat. Next commander for the spooky season, we have Shieldred the Apocalypse. It is again another Dominar United commander, also another mono black commander. Shieldred the Apocalypse is a lot different from the original Shieldred. It is the newest Praetor that we got with the new new group of legendary legendary monocolored Praetors. We're getting revamped versions of all of them, it seems. And uh she's she's this new one's this new one's pretty pretty crazy. Shieldred the Apocalypse is a two and two black mana legendary creature for Rexian Praetor. That's a four five. She reads Death Touch. Whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. That's a very simple amount of text that any player can understand, but still extremely strong. There is nothing a player likes more in a game of Commander than drawing cards. So punish them for it, and eventually kill them for it. Peer into the Abyss is a one-card kill against any of your opponents. And it is the top card for the deck, if you could believe it. In case you aren't aware, Peer into the Abyss is a... 4 colorless mana and 3 black, so 7 mana sorcery, that says target player draws cards equal to half the number of cards in their library and loses half their life round up each time. So before your opponents draw, they are going to lose half their life. So probably put them to, you know, 20 or less. And then they're going to draw half their library. So as long as, you know, they don't have 14 cards in their library, every card that they draw out of half they lose two life for. So it's probably going to kill them on the spot. But yeah, it is a seven mana sorcery, so it's a very expensive card. But your commander's only four mana, so it's easy to get out. And you're in mono black again. So again, Cabal Coffers, Cabal Stronghold, Dark Rick, Cabal Ritual. You have all these rituals that you can just speed mana out really fast. So you can like kill someone turn, what, three, four with fast mana? The second card that is the highest synergy for Shielded the Apocalypse is Underworld Dreams. Basically, another kind of Shieldred effect, a little miniature version of an enchantment, is a three black mana enchantment that says whenever an opponent draws a card, Underworld Dreams deals one damage to that player. 
Again, a very simple amount of text that any player can understand. Hey, if you're my opponent and you draw a card, you lose one life. But Shieldred also says you lose two more life, so now you are getting lightning bolted every time you draw a card. I don't like that very much. I'm the blue guy. I want to draw all the cards I possibly can. This is made of nightmares. And the last card on the top three list is Dark Deal. Very shady little deal going on for the Halloween season. It is a two and a black sorcery that says each player discards all the cards in his or her hand, then draws that many cards minus one. This is very similar to a wheel effect, except everybody is going to end up with one less card in their hand. But if one player happens to have seven cards, oh, they're going to be drawing six whole cards with your commander, which means they're going to be losing 12 life. Two life for each one of those cards. 12 life is nothing to scoff at. That is a lot of life that they are going to be losing. So that could very well just maybe not kill all of your opponents, but leave two of them very wounded and maybe kill the last one standing. Shieldred is very strong. Um, just looking at her from the new set, crazy effect. Not very flavorful with her other version that recurred stuff, and it was a very neat black card. This is a little offbeat for Black. Obviously, Underworld Dreams does exist before this, so, you know, Black does seem to punish players for drawing cards. But four mana in the command zone for a 4-5 that also has that ability, and death touch. Like, th this commander is scary for so many reasons. And every time you draw a card, you gain a life. So, you know, if you want to, you know, when you dark deal, when you get to wheel, you're going to gain, you know, maybe six times two light. Maybe you gain 12 and everybody else loses six. Times two, it was 12. Uh, not one life, but two for every card. Shieldred also just shuts down combo decks that draw their entire library. You know, anybody that's trying to Thassa's Oracle while drawing their library or win with like a Blue Sun Zenith effect, they will literally die because of all of Shieldred's effects. Run all the wheel effects you can in black to refresh your hand, keep your life total high, and just kill all your opponents by the knowledge of their libraries. All right, we are going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we have the last three spooky commanders of the season we are going to look at, so you don't want to miss that. All right, welcome back. We are continuing to look at the five spooky, part two of spooky commanders, uh, another five spooky commanders to maybe add to your arsenal for this season. So we are up to number three, just about halfway done, but let's take a look at Spooky Commander number three, which is Millicent, Restless Revenant. This commander wasn't a precon from Innistrad Crimson Vow, so right away you might be thinking, the only thing that's scary about that block was the lack of value, which I will agree, but do not sleep on this crazy powerhouse of a commander. This is a tribal commander that spirits needed to bring it together, and man, is this powerful. So let's read it. Millicent Restless Revenant is a legendary creature spirit soldier. It's a lot. For five colorless mana and a white and a blue mana. So seven mana for this 4-4 four, four flyer. But it says, this spell costs one less to cast for each spirit you control. Hey, that's pretty good for a spirit tribal deck. And it has flying. And it says, whenever Millicent or another non-token spirit you control dies... Or deals combat damage to a player. Create a 1-1 white spirit creature token with flying. This commander is really crazy. 
I remember I played a game against some newer players. You know, I was playing maybe a level six deck, and they were playing pre-cons. And the Millicent player in the just the straight pre-con was just dominating the board. It is scary how fast this commander can keep coming back. You know, you can't remove Millicent because it has that cost reductor, so it evades all command tax as long as you have some spirits on your side. And it just floods the board with tokens. It deals combat damage or die. So, like, if you board wipe, he gets to make more spirits. Oh, no. Then just recast his commander for two mana and keep swinging. And all the spirits have flying, which means they're able to soar right over your army and just hit you. All right. Well, this commander is really scary. If you have not played against it, you're missing out because you'll probably lose. Well, let's take a look at the top three highest synergy cards. They're probably going to be in the pre-con. Also, if you want to pick up this pre-con, you can probably find it for like $20. It wasn't very popular. It was super popular when it came out, and then it kind of dropped off when the value of all the cards weren't very much, but still a very solid pre-con if you still want to pick it up, the build. Anyway, the first card on the list is Supreme Phantom. It is a one-in-a-blue creature spirit. That has flying, and it says other spirits you control get plus one, plus one. And it's a one, three. This creature is very simple. It's just an anthem for all of your spirits. But since your commander is making tokens every time one of your non-token spirits connects, which, again, they all have flying, so they most of the time will, this creature pumps all those little one ones. Spirits don't tend to have a lot of power. They tend to do a lot of meddling things. But... When they become 2-2s, two or 3-3s, three or 4-4s, four four, when there's a multiple of them, and then they immediately grow in power, it's very overwhelming. Next up, the next card is a very similar card. Drog Skull Captain is a 1, a white, and a blue mana creature. Spirit Soldier that reads Flying. Hey, look, it's a spirit. It has flying. Other spirits you control get plus 1, plus 1, and have Hexproof. In case you didn't know, Hexproof says they can't be the target of spells or abilities your opponents control. This is an anthem and protection for every single spirit on your board except Dragskull Captain. This is almost as good as Supreme Phantom. I think it's just, it's literally the same synergy. 93% synergy. It's in 96, 98% of 3,621 decks. And it's only 22 cents if you wanted to build Millicent from scratch. An anthem effect and protection on a flying body that when it deals damage with your commander will make a 1-1. Really powerful. And the last spirit we are going to look at is Rattle Chains. It is a 1 and a blue spirit with flash and flying. And when it enters, target spirit gains hexproof until end of turn. And you may cast spirit spells as though they had flash. And it's a 2-1. Again, protection and the ability to cast all your spirit spells anytime you want. This is amazing. You're in blue and white. You get to play all the interaction you want, which in itself is scary. You know, having those two untapped uh, islands can be really scary in itself. But now you can just flash out spirits that have who knows what effects. This is insane. And the ability to give one of your spirits hexproof. Oh, you're going to try and blow up Millicent? Well, you know what? I think Rattle Chains is going to say something about that. And it has, again, all these things have flying, which means they're going to make you more spirits every combat. Run all sorts of tribal synergies. Kindred Discovery. Vanquisher's Banner. Keep your hand full and your army powered up. 
do not sleep on this commander or it might just sneak up on you and give you a fright. The next to last commander on the list is another nightmare creature. Umbris Fear Manifest is a legendary creature nightmare horror for three and one black and one blue mana. Umbris reads like this. Umbris Fear Manifest, it's plus one plus one for each card your opponents own in exile. That first sentence is terrifying. Do you know how easy it is to get cards into... Alright, anyway, reading the f next paragraph of text on this card. Whenever Umbris or another nightmare or horror enters under the battle enters the battlefield under your control, target opponent exiles cards from the top of their library until they exile a land card. Yes, they may have a land on top of their library. Or it could be five cards deep, six cards deep. It doesn't matter. You're exiling their cards off the top of their library. They don't go to the graveyard. This is not mill. This is scarier than mill. And you're pumping up your commander. You can cast your commander. He enters. You exile five cards. He's automatically a 6-6 six, six now. You play another, you play, you pass the turn, go to your next turn, play two more horrors, say they exile five and four, that's nine more counters. It's not even counters, he gets plus one, plus one. So like, this is a static effect, and it just says each card your opponents own in exile. It's static, which means if Umbris dies, you can just bring him back and he still remains that much power. This card is terrifying. Do you know how easy it is to get cards into exile? Tasha's Hideous Laughter? Jajukabog? Like, this card, terrifying. This is really a nightmare. Well, again, let's look at the top three cards on EDH Rec. The top three synergistic cards that are going to exile a billion cards. The first card is a Planeswalker, which is pretty freaking sweet. It is Ashiok Nightmare Muse. A lot of nightmares are going on right now. For three and a blue and a black mana, legendary Planeswalker Ashiok. She starts the... She hits the battlefield with five loyalty and has three abilities. The plus one says, create a two, three blue and black nightmare creature token. Hey, that's pretty good. That's going to enter and trigger our commander. Oh wait, there's more? Whenever this creature attacks or blocks, each opponent exiles the top two cards of their library. That means every time it attacks or blocks, your commander gets plus six, plus six. Holy crap. That is, that is ridiculous. Her minus three says return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand, then that player exiles a card from their hand. This is, this could be like permanent removal. If they only have, if this, they have no cards in hand and you minus three return the non-land permanent to their hand, then they exile it. It's like remove, it's like swords to plowshares almost, except they don't gain life. Not the, not the strongest ability I'd say, but still pretty good. Oh boy, the minus seven. You may cast up to three target face-up cards your opponent owns from exile without paying their mana cost. Note, this does not say exile with your specific horrors or nightmares that Ashiok makes. Any three face-up cards in exile, you're going to be putting cards in exile constantly. This card is so, 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 so good. Also, this Planeswalker makes its own blockers that also pump up your commander. There's there's a reason that this com this Planeswalker is the most synergistic card for this commander. Also, side note, this commit this Planeswalker is just awesome. I literally, as of recording this, I almost want to build Umbris because I love this Ashiok and it has the coolest borderless art. Anyway, 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 getting a little sidetracked. Moving on to the next card, which is Leyline of the Void. Super powerful card for this commander. It is a two and two black enchantment that says if Leyland of the Void is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield. 
just begin the game with it. You know, for free. If a card will be put into an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it instead. So now every cast, every spell that they cast, every creature that hits their graveyard, anything that goes to their graveyard, immediately exiled. And puts counters on your commander. Not counters, it just gets bigger. It's not counters, it is better than counters. It's statically plus one plus one. And the fact that this can just start on the battlefield is so strong. You can just automatically get more and more and more things into exile, which pumps your commander. This is also a very powerful stacks piece against graveyard decks. Graveyard decks that are trying to reanimate big creatures, well, now they don't have a graveyard, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Very good enchantment, only four mana, definitely goes to the 99 of this deck. No arguments. The final card we are going to look at for this commander, which I did hint at earlier, is Tasha's Hideous Laughter. It is a 1 and 2 blue sorcery that says each opponent exiles cards from the top of his or her library until that player has exiled cards with total mana value 20 or more. Holy crap. This card is nuts. 3 mana? That's it. It's only 3 mana. It hits each opponent. And it's not 20 cards. No, 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 no. It's until they exile total mana value 20 or more, which is super cool, by the way. I kind of like that. It's not a specific number. But against me, I run so low curve mana. Like, I'm a low curve mana player because I like I like to flood the board. I like to play a bunch of things in one turn. This would hurt so bad. This is like three mana your opponent. Your commander gets like plus 30 easily. Like, you're, at le you're going to exile at least 10 cards from each player. Or like maybe like eight from one player, 15 from another. Like, this card's really good. Also, you realize that you're exiling all these cards, right? The things from Exile do not come back. Graveyard, yeah, maybe. Exile, they're just gone. They are losing all of these spells. There is nothing worse than playing a game of Magic and half of your library is just wasting away in Exile and you just kind of have to watch it and cry as like your soul is being crushed by your dying from this like giant nightmare thing that just keeps swinging at you that's like huge. But yeah, this commander, super scary. All you got to do is just get things into exile, pump up your commander, give him, give him some evasion, throw on some winged boots, get him through that rogue's passage, and just kill your command, kill your opponents in one foul swoop. Try out this utter, try out this utter nightmare out on your opponents this season to make them shiver in fear from across the table. And finally, but not least. We have the frog to rule all frogs, the Gitrog monster. The craziest combo enabler engine frog horde from Innistrad. It, if you've not seen this card in Commander, man, you are missing out. This thing is, this thing's scary because it's a frog horror for one, because it's a giant man-eating frog zombie thing. I don't even know what it really is. But it also can just, you know, win the game in a, the craziest, most complicated way that takes about two hours and five whiteboards to explain. So I'm not going to do that. But what I would do is tell you that the Gitrog monster is a three and one black and one green legendary creature frog horror. That is a 6-6. Six, six. And it goes like this. Death touch. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice the Gitrog monster unless you sacrifice a land. All right, that's all the card does. It's just a 6-6 six, six beater with death touch that you have to sack a land. No, there's more. Of course, there's more. 
you may play an additional land on each of your turns. Oh, I mean, that's fine. You know, maybe some ramp. You get a big thing. You sack some lands. You fill up your graveyard. Whenever one or more land cards are put into your graveyard from anywhere, draw a card. Oh. So that's how it is. Oh, boy. This thing... This thing draws so many cards, it's ridiculous. And it's in Golgari, which is a really weird mechanic for a Golgari. Not sacrificing the lands, but drawing cards that fast for sacrificing lands. Well, we're going to look at the top three cards. Hopefully it will help you get a better understand of how the little combo works. Romanop Excavator is a two and a green creature Naga Cleric. It's a 2-3, and it has one sentence of text. You may play land cards from your graveyard. Oh, wow. I sacrificed a land to draw a card. I can play an additional land. What do I do? I don't have any in hand. Oh, wait. I can just play the same fetch land from my graveyard five times and draw a card every time it fetches. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty good. There's not a whole lot much to say about this card. It's in a lot of decks. It's good. I don't know. That's, that I rounds out that card. That card's very strong. You can play lands out of your graveyard. It's a Crucible of Worlds effect on a creature. Very powerful. Next up, we have Crop Rotation. A very other common card. It's a one green instant. As an additional cost to this spell, sacrifice a land. Wow. Search your library for a land card. Not basic. Any land. Put it onto the battlefield. Not tapped. Then shuffle your library. Instant speed, get any land out of your deck into play. Sacrifice a land, which draws you a card. This is like a cantrip that's a tutor for one green. This card's also like a dollar. So like, if you are in green, you probably should be playing this card anyway. In maybe one of your other commander decks. No, but crop rotation, super powerful. Absolutely monstrous of a card. Again, the combo piece in this deck is a land. With Dredge 2, Dakmore Salvage. That's the card that just makes this commander pop off. This commander wins so fast because it needs a land to win. And it's really hard to interact with. Anyway, the last card we're looking at, Life from the Loam. It's a one and a green sorcery. It says, return up to three target land cards from your graveyard to your hand with Dredge 3. If you would draw a card, instead you may put exactly three cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand, otherwise draw a card. This returns the three lands that you're probably going to sacrifice to your commander back to your hand, and you get to dredge three later on. Dredging is how you kind of win the game, so pretty good. Because the land has dredge, if you can get it in your graveyard or into play, you basically win. The way that this commander is scary is not just because it's a massive frog that eats people, but because it's a combo powerhouse that can win literally with itself and like two other cards. And one of them's a land that you can get out with crop rotation or dredge it from your graveyard. I don't know. Seems pretty good to me. So just be aware of this commander, not just for spooky season, but all seasons that the frog is out. Save a ton of removal to deal with this guy. Because that's really all you can do. Unless you can exile the land, which maybe you can with the last commander we talked about, with Umbris, you're going to be in a world of pain. I mean, you're going to have to watch this player painstakingly explain this combo to you 20 times because he's the one that watched the 8-hour video explaining it. Not you. 
So again, save all the removal you can and keep killing this commander so that you can breathe for a few seconds. And if you're the one piloting it, well, remember not to play with your food and end your opponents quickly. All right, that is going to do it for part two of Spooky Commanders to play this Halloween season. Hope you all enjoyed this fright-filled episode and it inspires you to scare your opponents this time of year. Don't forget to check out the Instagram channel, of course, at the Curly Haired Nerd, and stay up to date on all releases of the podcast. Also have a trade chain going on, so be sure to check that out as well. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I'll catch you Saturday for a Commander Quick Take, but until then, catch you later. <laughs>